Open your Bibles, book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, 16th chapter. We pray, Lord, we just let us give this. We don't even know how. It's bigger uh, than we are. Uh, but His Word uh, will do. Amen. Uh, when I'm not sufficient, He'll be sufficient. Appreciate the brother this morning in Sunday school where he taught. And I'm thankful that when we are small, brother, he is big. Amen. Amen. I can't stand behind this pulpit and do do any type of good job or justice to what the Word is. But I'm thankful the Holy Spirit can do mighty wonders through His living Word. So you just pray that God would just intervene and do that as He would see fit. The book of 1 Samuel, in the 16th chapter, in the first verse, it says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Now I will stop just right there for just a moment, and, and if I've got a topic, and within that verse, I'd like to preach on fill thine horn with oil and go. Uh, but before I get there, uh, let us just take a little time and think about what's going on in the book here. Uh, the Bible tells us in the 15th chapter and there before uh, that Samuel had anointed Saul to be king. Uh, the people wanted a king. Now we know that didn't do them any good because what they did was is they replaced God with a human. Now I want you to know, uh, you can look to man to solve your problems. But I'm telling you, you've made a bad trade if you put uh, man in God's place. Amen. Amen. If you put man uh, as the head of your authority in your life, uh, looking to him for all the answers, you've messed up. And that's what the children of Israel did. They put man in the place of God. But God said, okay, I'll give you a king. And he gave them Saul. And Saul was a good man. The Bible tells us that he uh, was heads and shoulders above the others. He was a great man. Uh, but he was still a man, and he did what men do. Uh, he chose to follow and please a man rather than to please God. That was Saul's uh, greatest failure. Was The Bible says that they were to go and have victory over a group of people and to spare none, and he went, and he spared some of the best. And, and, and to begin with, when Samuel asked him about it, he said, Saul, why didn't you do what God asked you to do? Why didn't you just utterly wipe them out? Why didn't you take the Amalekites? and just destroy them. The first thing he said, well, what we did was we kept the best of the sheep and the best of the animals because we wanted to sacrifice them to God. Now, I want you to know he was telling a lie. He wasn't telling the complete truth because Samuel kept asking him. And finally, he said, I didn't want to let the people down. I didn't want to disappoint the people. And he chose rather to listen to man than to listen to God. And it caused him to lose his authority over the people. And God said, I have removed my hand over you. But now I want you to see something here. Is that Samuel played a part in that. God used Samuel to anoint Saul to begin with. Uh, Samuel was the one that went to God and said, God, they're asking for a king. And I just, I, I think I've let you down, God. I think I've, I must have done something wrong, God. And God said, uh, they hadn't quit following after you. They quit following after me. That's what he told Samuel. But you see, Samuel had a part that he played. He felt guilty that they were wanting a king. And then so then he was the one that went and anointed the king. And now that king has failed. You've got to understand here that Samuel must have felt some guilt. 
You know, he had a part to play. And here was this man uh, who was letting down. I could tell you uh, in my position uh, that I have uh, a place of authority uh, over others uh, because of what my job requires. And we, we're a part of putting people into positions. And when you put those people into positions, you want them to do a good job. You want them to be successful. You want them to, to achieve and to do good things. And when they don't, sometimes you feel responsible. I want you to understand here. It says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn? How long will you be sad and sorrow over this that has already been done? I want to bring something to your attention this morning. Lord, when I was reading this Scripture, He got a hold of me about something. How many times do we hold on to things in our past? How many times uh, do we let regret Hold us back. Of decisions we thought we should have made, could have made, if only I had done this. If only I had done that. If we have children that are wayward in the world, if we have co-workers who are just going to hell, and we just think, if only I had done something differently. Maybe, maybe that wouldn't be happening in their life. And we live with regret. I believe Samuel here probably had some regret. Maybe he's thinking to himself, I must have misheard God. I must have misheard Him. I must have picked the wrong guy. Maybe I didn't encourage Him enough. Maybe I didn't support Him enough. Are you living with any regrets in your life? Well, let me say this first. Have, have you checked? You know, sometimes I think uh, we just go through the, the same motions every day. You, you get up and you go through your routines. I promise you right now that if I went around the room and I begin to ask, who has a morning routine and you do things in a certain order? I believe most of us here would have a routine that we do. We, we are creatures of habit. And we like to do things in, in an organized way. Can I ask you, do you have a routine habit of checking up on yourself? Think about this now. Do you, do you ever look and say, well, I wonder what it is in my life. I, I recognize that maybe I'm in a place in my life right now where I don't feel the Spirit as I once did before. What's happened? Oh, what's went wrong? Do we ever take time to check up what is it in our life that's got us to this place? I think a lot of Christians, we just keep going through the same motions. We come to the, to, to the church house, we sing the same songs, we let the same people testify, and then we go out the doors and say it's been good to be in God's house. Well, we have a routine. That's right. Amen. Amen. Shake it off a little bit. That's all right. Let that hardness just get you and just roll off. Amen. But I'm just saying, do we take time to think how long have we been looking back at the past? Maybe, maybe it's not that we have regret, but we have remorse. That means it's been things we've done. Right? We feel guilt. We feel shame. We feel something about something that we did in our past and we wish we could do something about. How long will we mourn over that that's in our past? Maybe it's that uh, those that were once here are no longer here. Alright, now stay with me, church, for just a moment. I will never be Edwin Dean or Leroy Thompson. Or any of those other great men, God, and you have your own that you could just put up there, and just you could just put some people up there on that. There's names all across. I can't be in those people, and neither can you. But let me just say this: we can't stay where they were at. Let me just ask you this question: uh, before you got here today, uh, none of us had to walk or, or ride a horse or anything like that. 
uh, you, you rode probably in a comfortable vehicle. And I want to tell you something, just beyond a shadow of a doubt, that I know for a fact that vehicle had gas in it. Amen. You know how I know that? It wasn't a crank. You wouldn't have got here. Everybody agree with that? That's pretty easy statement. If I got gas in the tank, I know it got me here. Can I tell you this? That you know because there's an indicator on your dashboard when that begins to get low. And if, you, if it don't work, then you got to keep guessing. Bless your heart. Amen? Amen. You're just hoping you get it right. Hey, I've lived through that. I know what that's like. You're just guessing, hoping that you can make it there, right? Some of us live our Christian's life like that. Amen. Let me say that one more time. Let you get that one. Some of us are living our Christian life. We don't know where we're at. We don't know if we're on empty or full. We just keep going through the motions and hope that every now and then we get something in the tank that'll get us through the next week. But we ain't done nothing to fill it up. He said, how long will you mourn? How long will you stay in the shape that you're in? Can I tell you this? That you know that if that thing's on E, you need to fill it up. Can I ask you, is your spiritual life on E? Come on now. Are we stuck in a rut that we've been through over and over again and we can't figure out why we ain't going? Can I tell you, you need to be filled up. Come on, brother. You need to be filled up. I've heard people say, boy, we don't have the services like we used to. We don't feel the Holy Spirit sweep across the place and get people excited and people start running the aisles and jumping the benches and we say, what's happened to our churches? Can I tell you, we're sitting on E. Come on, brother. We're sitting on E. We have no fuel in the tank. We're living off dreams of yesterday. Thinking about what it was like then. Thinking about who it was that did it then. And we're wondering what's going on. Can I tell you, they filled their tanks up. Amen. Before they ever got to the church house, they found a place on their own knees. And they cried out to God. And they said, God, speak to me. Oh, let me know what I might do today. That I might be a blessing to others. And I might feel you move one more time. They had all good people that would read the Word of God and would take it in and they would know that there was something that they needed to be doing. I appreciate the brothers warning y'all should have been here for Sunday school. Shame on you. Because he was filling up the tank. Amen. Amen. He was talking about, oh, what it is to read the Word of God and it to fill you up and get a little bit easier. We need to fill up our tanks. Come on, brother. So here was Samuel. Here was Samuel. He said, I just, I'm broken. I don't understand, God. I can't believe that we got here. I can't believe that you let him fail. I can't believe that I let him fail. And God said, how long are you going to live in that? How long, church, are we going to say, it's okay to have a service and nothing happen? I'm going to let that sit right there. Come on now. How long? Church, How long? I tell you how long until the church falls apart and you die and there ain't nothing left. Mm -hmm. Unless you decide you want to be full. Mm -hmm. God said, I got something new. I got something new. Actually, I already had it picked out before. You notice it wasn't just anywhere. I want you to see something. This just really jumped out at me. I, I want you to see something. It says, I picked one out. And his father is a Bethlehemite. Now, when you hear the word Bethlehemite, you know that means he's from... Bethlehem. And they ain't really but one person that y'all know is from Bethlehem. Y'all might have guessed that David was from Bethlehem. You might have guessed that Jesse, his father, was Bethlehem. But when I said Bethlehem, there's only one person that you thought about. I want you to know there's a picture here that God is saying, I've already got one picked out and he's from Bethlehem. And he can do more than any else can do. But there's a line that he's got to go through. So I got a boy picked out 
from the family of Jesse, and his name is David. And you got to go to him. But listen, he said, before you go, listen, listen, he said, before you go, he said, I fill thine horn with oil. Fill it. All right, so what is he talking about there? Well, let me just tell you what he's talking about right there. Uh, they had this little horn or little object that they could fill up, and it would pour out this oil. Now, I want you to know something. The anointing oil of God that's mentioned in the Bible, there's a recipe for it. If you wanted to make it today, I'm telling you, go to the Bible. You read. He told them how to make this oil. But there's still a recipe uh, today uh, for filling up on God's Holy Spirit. There's still a recipe uh, that needs to be taken into account. And let me tell you something. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you can't get filled up uh, by that spiritual oil. You can't get it anointed again and get it anew. Uh, you can't get it if you don't know Jesus Christ. But there's more to it than that. Now, there's some time on some knees that needs to be spent. I'm telling you, church, we're not praying enough. Uh, there's people that's lost and undone. We got people on a prayer list I've been praying for, calling out their name. But I know God's not done. Uh, I know He's got something new. If we would just take and fill up our horns with oil and go. Amen. Amen. Uh, there's a recipe the Bible tells us uh, for that oil. So He told him, He said, I need you to get some of that oil. I could imagine Sam saying, well, I guess I need to go prepare it. Now, hear me now. Maybe he had run out. Maybe he hadn't set any aside. And I, I can imagine when God said, you're going to have to fill up that horn. He thought, I guess I need to go collect the ingredients. I guess I need to go and collect the ingredients. Uh, let me just tell you that some of us need to go and collect the ingredients. We need to be willing to come down to an altar and cast off all our cares. Get broken hearted before God and let Him fill us up in you. We need to put aside all the sins and the things that are besetting us and say, God, here I am. There's some ingredients that we can have and fill up our horns and get renewed one more time. Listen, but we've got to be willing to let God do that in our lives. How long are we going to mourn? I want you to know there'll be a place I hope God brings you to where you just get tired of it. Amen. I hope that God will bring you to a place where you get tired of it. I can tell you right now, if you sit on the side of the road for a long time without any gas in cars, you keep doing that over and over again, you'll get tired of it. Can I tell you, as a child, I had a vehicle, and it was a little bit sketchy. I told you I had one of them hands, and sometimes it seemed it was here, and then... Just over here, maybe it was all me and I just didn't pay a lot of attention. But I can tell you this, I run out of gas twice in, in a week. In a week, I run out of gas twice and I thought, you know what? I ain't going to let this happen anymore. I got tired of it. Christian, are you tired of it? Just a fake religion? Come on, uh, uh, A fake, uh, let's go through the motions, say hi to the people that we like, and then let's go home. Come and on, not man. think another thing about God and what He did for us. Well, they sing these songs and they don't—they bounce off you like like your rubber. Like they don't impact your heart. That oh, praise God, He died for me on an old rugged cross. He shed blood for me that I might live again. That doesn't do anything for you. Are you tired of it? A couple of weeks ago, we were driving Abby and I, and I knew that I needed to get gas. I got to talking to her, telling her a story, something was going on, and I forgot all about it. Got on the road, on the interstate actually. I knew I had to go until I come to the exit to get off. And I'm telling you, it was counting down. Mine's got that little numbers, right? How many miles? I got to one. 
I was like, how long will one go? I ain't never been this low before. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. That sent me a quiet prayer of God. You're going to have to get me there. Some of us living off of fumes. Yeah, come on now. Yeah. Hear me now. You're living off of fumes, living off that time when you got saved. And then you ain't never seen God act again in your life because you didn't do anything else. You never got filled back up. And you're just living off those fumes. We praise God for one service that we have. Hallelujah. We was here until 2 o'clock. Praise the Lord. Let's do it next year. You know, let's just put it. We live off of fumes. Come on, bro. How long will we mourn? How long will we look at this that was? When God says, I have so much more. Matter of fact, doesn't He tell us that His storehouses are full oh. and overflowing, yeah. that they would supply all your needs? Yeah. Woo! Will somebody yeah. get a hold of that? Yeah. We're living off of those fumes and crumbs. Oh, I'm just scraping the bottom of the barrel. The widow woman who was going to let her and her son die off of the crumbs that they had when God said, But I've got something better for you. I got something better for you. If you just be obedient. Amen. If you just be obedient. Oh, wouldn't it be good to get off the side of the road? Get back yeah. in. Whew. I'm telling you, I said uh, to myself afterwards, I won't do this again. I'm not going to let this vehicle get down. And you wouldn't believe it. Within like another couple of days, there I was again. I think I was in somebody else's vehicle. And, they hadn't, and I was like, what is going on here? I'm telling you, church, we need to start thinking about where our spiritual lives are at and where the tanks are at. Amen. Uh -huh. Who's full this morning? Yeah. Who come in the house full? Who come in the house about halfway? I was pretty good, but I wanted a little more. Who come in here empty? Come on, think about it now. You, you know your spiritual life. You know where you're walking is. I, I don't have to tell you, but sometimes you got to stop and sit in your tracks and say, God, would you look at me and see if God asks you the same question. How long are you going to mourn? Amen. How long are you going to run on empty? Yes. Why don't you fill your horn up with oil so you can go? Amen. That's good. It's up to us, church. Yeah. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's not up. To, you say, "Well, we wait. We waiting on a move from God." God's word says what He's ready to do. Hear me now. God's word says what He's ready to do. That's right. You ain't got to question what His motives are. You ain't got to question what His intentions are. He sent His beloved Son to die on the cross so that people might be saved. He said, "Go and tell the world so they might know who I am and how much I love them." His word is true. We know what He is. His book is full of His promises. You got a question where He stands? Read it. He'll tell you where He stands. Amen. He's not changed. He said, "I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore." He's Amen. the same one. So what's happening here? What's happening here? And well, I tell you what's happening. We need to do something. Amen. We need to fill up our tanks. Amen. We need to quit running off of fumes and running on empty and just pray. God, get me to the next one. You'll just give me a little bit. You just give me a little bit. Now, I want to say something further. Don't take offense here. I'm not talking about how much gas you put in your vehicle. When I was a young man, I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't make a lot of money. Uh, but every now and then, I'd get a little bit. So when I go up to that gas station to put fuel in my vehicle, I might put $5 at a time. Now, hear me. Hear me now. Five, that's all. I didn't, I didn't have a lot. And so I put what I had in it. But all that really meant was I just had to put more in it more often. Are you with me? I just had to put more in it more often. 
Well, praise God, since then, God's blessed me. I'm able to do more. And now, when I go to that tank, I'm going to tell you all what I do. I like to fill it up. Yeah. Just, why? I don't want to stop a bunch of times. I'm just being honest, right? I just want it to fill, up, fill it up. I don't, I don't want to take this time and have to put guessing over and over. Fill her up. When you come to God's house, how much are you putting in your tank? Mm. Now, think about this now. When you come to God's house and He says, I have something for you. I have so much for you. What do you walk away here with? Well, as long as, long as they'll sing my song and I get a little... Y'all know, you know that. I hope you do. You know what it feels like the Spirit move across your way? I'm good. That's good. Well, that's like putting $5 in your tank. That ain't going to get you very far, that feeling. That one little just breeze by, the Spirit come by your way. And actually, really what it was is the brother sister on the bench beside you actually got happy and they just shook a little bit and you thought it was the Lord. <laughs> hey, man, hey, listen, I'm just telling you today that somebody needs to get decided yeah. that they want to get filled up by the moving of the Holy Spirit and see God move not only in their church house, in their life, but in their family's house. Now, we had all kinds of prayer requests early. We had all kinds of these things going on in people's lives. But you ain't got enough in yours to fill up somebody else. See, here's the problem when you only get that $5 fill up. I think they got those Kentucky Fried Chicken or something. You just don't get really full. Instead, what you really need is God to change your life. Listen, every time. Hear me now. We got a misconception. The Bible says, uh, and, and, and Brother Mason did a good job of teaching, put off the old man, put on the new man. And the Bible tells us it's a daily habit. The Bible also tells us, uh, I believe it's in the book of Lamentations, that His mercies are new every morning. Listen, listen, here's what I'm telling you is, is that you need an encounter with God every day. Every day. You don't need just a sort of, oh, well, thank you for that little feeling. You need Him to fill you up every day. We come to this house and we wait for somebody lost and undone or somebody who's just broken and contrite spirit to come down here and get changed by God. But I'm telling you today, you could have it every day. Amen. When's the last time you got filled up? Bless him, Lord. When's the last time you wanted to run around and just shout the rooftop off? Why are we putting $5 in when God says, I'll fill more than your tank will hold? He says it this way. Uh, David said, My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow. Woo! All the days of my life. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you? You can get off the side of the road and get back in and see God glorify those around you because of who you are. Amen. 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 I want you to hear something. Listen to me. This anointing oil, the Bible says, was a special oil. It wasn't miraculous because of what it was, but because of what it was used for. Because it was put to a purpose. It was meant to sanctify, to separate. It was meant to be used in the temple of God uh, to be poured over the priest's head so that they might be sanctified and over everything in the room. Hear me now. Listen, listen, listen. you got to get this part. Uh, it says that whatever touched those things that had been anointed by the oil. Whatever touched them, 
those things become sanctified and holy. Here's, here's what I'm going to ask you. When's the last time God filled you up so much that other people were affected because of the Spirit living in you? Uh-huh. That's what the church is for. Uh-huh. Right. That's what you and I are for. But you ain't got enough to spill over on somebody else. Because you took that $5 and put it in and said, that's all I need. Thank you, Lord. I'll come back next week. Mm -hmm. Good. Amen. Good. Good. Now, I say here, some of you are thinking, well, preacher, you're the preacher and you feel a certain way and, and God blesses you and He does this and He does that. You need to read the rest of that story. Because Samuel goes down to Jesse's house and he says, he carries an animal because they're going to have a sacrifice to God. He says, I'm here to anoint one of your sons to be the next king. So Jesse gets his boys and he lines them up and he starts with his big oldest son. He's a strapping, handsome fella. He looks the part of a king. He's got it all. And Samuel says in his mind, this is, this is the one I could see coming. And God says, let me teach you something. Hear me, church, hear me. God says, let me teach you something, Samuel. You're not doing the calling or the choosing or the picking. I'm doing the calling, choosing, picking. And until I tell you it's the one, it's not the one. Mm -hmm. And so here's what happens. He goes to the first son. And God says, not him. He goes to the second son. He says, not him. He goes to the third son. He says, not him. And he goes through all of them and he says, do you got any more sons? Because I know God sent me here. And he said one of them. But, and he says, Don, well, I mean, my youngest son, he's out keeping animals. Samuel says, well, we're not going any further till you bring him in here. Go get him. Because, see, here's the problem. Some of us have compared ourselves to the next one in line. And says, I'll let him do it. I'll let her do it. I'll let that one do it. Well, she's this and she's that, and I'm not anything. God took the one that nobody would have picked. God took the one that nobody would have picked and said, let me fill him up and see what I can do. You may say, I'm just not worthy. I'm not enough. I don't have anything left to give. I'm too this. I'm too that. I'm too young. I'm too old. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have whatever you might think that's causing you not to fill up all the way. But God says, I do the picking. Amen. I do the picking. And the Bible says that He picked you. Read the Word. He picked you. You. Not that one that's now on the end. It's getting filled up every time. You think, well, I wish I had what she had. You got more. Because he picked you. What are you saying? That you're just watching her get filled up when you could be filled up. Yeah. How long? How long will we sit on the side of the road and wait for somebody else to come our way to help us out? I was thinking about the testimony, brother, Waylon and Sylvia had given about being able to help somebody else on the side of the road and run out of gas. After thinking about their story, I thought, you know what? I ought to carry a gas can in my truck. I'm about to close. Stay with me just a moment. I don't carry an, an empty gas can in my truck that I could take and fill up. I thought I ought to do that. Because then if somebody was in need, I could be a benefit to them. 
ought to be saying that spiritually. Yeah. Ought to carry something. Not just in here, but in here. Amen. That if somebody was in need that I could go to, and I could take that oil. What do you say? Fill that up. Fill up that pitcher and go. Because there's somewhere I need you to share me. Listen, if you ain't got him in you, and you ain't filled up, boy, it sure is hard to share. Mm-hmm. Where's your tank at this morning? Are you sitting on empty? Sitting at a quarter tank? Sitting halfway? Or would you rather just be filled up? He's got it for you. Church, He has it for us. We've seen churches around. Heard about them. Oh, God got on fire with them. Oh, they're having such a good revival. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm a little jealous. I want to hear. I want to hear. I want us to be filled with the Spirit. I want people, when they talk about churches having meetings, I want to talk about us. Amen. We say, well, preacher, I don't know if that's the right way to think. Listen, God said He wanted to pour it out, so why can't I ask for it? That's right. Church, why can't we ask for it? That's right. Why can't it be us? Why can't we shout the praises, sing the glory, just lift the roof off this place with His praise? He's worthy. Amen. You can be known for worse things. Typically, we are known for worse things. Where's your tank at today? Who needs to fill up? I'm telling you right now, we put in a gas pump outside and say, free. Free. Every one of us would drive by here and fill our tanks up. And everybody in the community would drive by and fill it up too. Sure. You offer free gas. We have a limitless, an unlimited supply. Unlimited. You can just keep on coming back. Every one of us. Every one of us, every Sunday, we'd be out there filling up. That's what we'd be doing. Well, can I tell you that what God has is limitless. And His supply, He wants to fill you up today. He wants to fill you up today for free. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is pull up to His pump. All you have to do is say, you know what I need? Filling up. Who would take it this morning? Who would take it this morning if He said, come? To my pump, they fill up. Or how long will you mourn? Y'all come get a song. How long will you stay? How long will you stay on that side of the road? How long? Ask yourselves right now. Let the Holy Spirit sweep by your heart for a moment and ask you this question: How long are you going to stay there? How long are you satisfied with what you've got, what you've been going on? Let the Spirit just sweep by your way this right, right, just right now, this moment. Or who would choose to fill up on what He has for them? Stand with us all over the house. God spoke to your heart. I would beg you to come and fill up on something that you haven't filled up on in a long time. (coughs) Church, if you want to see the things happen, the movements happen, it's going to take people who are dedicated to God, who are willing to be filled up by Him. As they say, go ahead.